The SSIA is a trade organization that connects social sports leagues. These aren't the professional sports leagues you see on TV. Social sports leagues are the neighborhood leagues that you play in and then go grab a beer after. And while running social sports leagues may seem like it's all fun and games, it's a job that we put our heart and soul into. 1.6 million people play in a social sports league every year. We care immensely about offering the best experience possible for all of our players. Over 200 employees from 60 different social sports leagues are on our way to the annual SSIA conference in Cabo, Mexico. In this podcast series, I'll be talking to industry leaders about the challenges, failures, success, and joy they've experienced in their organization. I'm your host, Sal Ferrugia, and this is the SSIA Travel Companion Podcast. This episode is brought to you by League Lab. League Lab is a full business platform for sports leagues that want to save time and run leagues easier. For more information, contact Trevor Baker. That's Trevor at LeagueLab.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bottom Sports, an independent family-owned company with headquarters in Kent, Washington. Designs and manufactures high-quality sports balls for players of all ages, skills, and abilities. Bottom's innovation and commitment to quality has led conferences, clubs, teams, organizations, and coaches at all levels to choose Bowden as their official ball. For more information, contact Brandon Williams. That's B. Williams at Bowden Sports. This is the SSIA Travel Companion Podcast, and today we're talking to Delaney LaFond and Trap of Underdog Sports Leagues. Our title is It's More Than Just a Sports League. Delaney, how's it going? Hi, thank you for having me. It's going great. Pumped to do this. Why don't you tell all of our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do for Underdog, and then about Underdog, maybe the size, location, the sports that you guys offer. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm Delaney. I have been with Underdog Sports League since 2014. Uh, We're considered a large club in SSIA. Um, We're in both Seattle and in Portland. We run uh, leagues. Um, we run like football, kickball, softball. We run volleyball. We do actually run beach volleyball in, up here in the Northwest. Uh, we have a lot of indoor volleyball and then a little bit of bocce and bowling out there too. And of course some dodgeball. And I think flag football and kickball are your two largest, right? Um, I would say right now, probably flag football and bo- indoor volleyball. Nice. And tell everybody, are you in Portland or Seattle? I am in Seattle. Um, I'm born and raised here in Seattle. I love our Portland crew. Um, Shout out to them. Uh, But I will always be up here. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Now we're talking about community today. So for people that are in the SSIA, it's kind of like explaining why oxygen is good because community is so essential to what we do. But for people that may be tuning in that aren't in, in the SSIA, you know, why is community important to a sports league? Oh man, good question. I mean, first of all, we wouldn't have sports leagues without community. And I think that we also as sports leagues impact our community in such a way. Um, I mean, just having the actual players coming and playing in your leagues is one thing, of course, but as far as underdog goes, we're a captain based 
league. We, we rely on our captains to bring their players. So we're really relying on these captains to have communities to come to underdog. And from there, these teams start to form bonds, you know, playing against each other. Maybe it's competitive. Maybe they go grab a drink at the bar afterwards at one of our sponsor bars. And they're starting to, you know, get to know each other a lot more. Um, we have a lot of teams that start hanging out outside of the leagues, which is awesome. Um, and so I think without, without our players, we really couldn't exist. I mean, that seems like an obvious thing to say, but like, I think now more so than ever, we really appreciate what they bring for us and how much they mean to our clubs um, yeah. as far as our community. Cause how many of us haven't really had that sense of community in a while? Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is if all you do is play uh, kickball or whatever, volleyball for an hour and go home, you're kind of wasting your money because the sports leagues are social sport leagues. There's so much more than just a sports league. It's where you meet people, hang out, hopefully go to the bar after. Um, I'm sure people have gotten married in your league. And my goal with LI Kick is really to transform people's lives. I want it to be the thing they look forward to. I want them to meet their friends, hang out on the weekends. And I want sports to just be the way people get together. So the community is just like, really essential to what we do with with sports leagues yeah definitely i mean we've definitely had those um kinds of events happen through our 21 years of being a club um i would say that that underdog really has leaned into the idea of making friends and how much your friendships can impact your life um we you know here in seattle we've been running flag football leagues like actually for 21 years and the amount of friendships that we've produced and we have people who come back um, and play with us. And they're like, we haven't played for 10 years, but the whole crew from, you know, 2008 is coming back and playing. And it's like, it's so cool to see that like, maybe they started as an indie team, you know, a bunch of strangers coming together for the first time, maybe they moved. We have a lot of uh, people who moved to both Seattle and Portland, you know, we have some big name companies out here. Um, and so when they move here, they're looking for something to do and they don't know anybody. And I love the fact that they find us and they come and play with us. And, you know, instantly they're connected with people who have a passion for what they love to do, you know, who are probably around the same age as them, like maybe not, but probably, and, you know, generally have like a similar lifestyle. They want to get out there and play. Maybe they want to get out there and play, you know, kickball in the rain. I don't know why you <laughs> would do that, but we have people who do that all the time, which is cool. And so mm -hmm. I, I just think like, how much do your friends mean to you? And like, how many people actually remember the very first time they met their friends? And like the fact that we can document that with a team photo that lives forever, you know, on, on your player page or, um, or is posted on our Facebook albums or something like, it's just such a cool experience to be like, yeah, this was the inception of our friendship. Yeah. And especially like if it's on Facebook, you often get uh, memories updates where on this day, five years ago, and you're like, wow, that was my kickball team back then. It's, it is cool to see. Yeah. I mean, we've had people who have emailed us and been like, God, that photo from, you know, 2011, like that was the very first day I met my husband. And like, that's just so cool. 
Like that's, that to me is such an impact that like, I never saw coming in, in this profession. I mean, that's the thing I love the most about social sports leagues is just how much you can impact somebody else's life just from sports. I've, I grew up playing sports. I absolutely love everything about sports, the, com- the competition, the friends you make the, you know, all of, I love all of it, but like to see how much it can affect adults, um, you know, who are working during the day. And like, I mean, I think about days where I'm like, I just go home and do nothing. And like, here are people who go home or, or they go and they play in these leagues with their friends. And it's like, that is just so cool that like, I get to help impact that in, in some fashion. And like, and we all do like, not just me, but like all of us, we all get to impact them in, in our own ways. Yeah. And it's wild to think about like your core players and how much the social sports league means to them. They're probably playing in your leagues multiple times a week on the weekend. They're hanging out with people that are on their teams. They've probably dated a gentleman or a lady from inside the league. And it really becomes not just what they do, but almost like who they are, that they are a social sports player. They play a ton with you guys. So as you get the CHO of underdog and really everyone else that's going to be at this conference, we do have a pretty heavy hand in shaping these communities and building community. So you could look at it a couple different ways, Delaney, Uh, whether it's just welcoming in a brand new player and telling them about underdog, or it could be seen as building community with the people that have been playing with you for five years and building brand familiarity and loyalty and turning them into raging advocates for what you do. So are there any things that you do as CHO to actively build a community and introduce people to how you do things and move them along from a newbie to a, an advocate? So um, as the chief, chief happiness officer, um, myself and my compatriot, Nick, um, we were looking at some data uh, maybe five years ago, and we were trying to figure out how our, as you're calling advocates, but how some of our like the captains that we know so well, like how did they start in our league? Where did they come from? Like we were looking like for like, maybe this is an SEO thing. Like where did they come from to influence getting, you know, maybe bringing more people into the funnel that way. And what we actually found was that most of our core captains five years ago started as individuals, like three or four years before that. And it was just fascinating data to see like, wow, these people like, met, you know, a couple strangers, made a team, and then continued to play together, adding more players to their team, making a bigger community, maybe even making multiple teams, breaking into new sports, all of this. And so we were like, what can we do to reward these teams? How can we incentivize them to keep playing, maybe even playing more? What can we do? What do we have the ability to do to, to make their lives a little easier as captains. And so we created the top captains program. And so, um, for our top captains, we have 
people who are playing, you know, four times a year, that's like once a season. Sure. We have a lot. I mean, I think we have like 40 captains, um, the year before COVID, of course, that were playing six to 10 teams a year. And so those are the ones that you see like, you know, twice a week and you're like, wow, you're, you're out here all the time. Like, I love you probably as much as you love us. Like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) And so I think about those people. I'm like, God, that's great. And then I went back to, well, wait a second. Now we're rewarding all these people who are playing a bunch. What are we doing for these people who are first coming in? The ones that we're now bringing in as individuals. And so I started to myself and Mindy down in Portland started to make an effort to be a physical presence at the leagues for those first, the very first day of those individual teams coming together that day that all the strangers meet for the first time we're going to take your team photo sure but we're also going to introduce ourselves answer any questions about underdog or social sports leagues in general because it might be a new concept to you like what what are you doing why are you here what's next week look like compared to this week and and so we just were there just to advocate for them just to be an ear for them um and then we decided to start saving a spot for those individual teams the next season. So we're fortunate enough that many of our leagues have been selling out for years and they sell out pretty quickly, which is nice. But we also started to see that like some of our individual teams who met during the season weren't able to get a spot in that next league to play. And so here we're cutting our funnel off at the very beginning, we're getting all these people together and then they can't play. So we started to save a spot for them in the next season, go that to them physically and be like, Hey, I know it's your very first day. I know you're not looking into the future that much. You just want to meet everybody and feel each other out on the court or the field. That's cool. But just know that if this works, if this clicks, if this becomes a community, you can keep this going. Like you got a spot next season guaranteed if you want it. Yeah, re- re- retaining your players is extremely important. I'm talking about the the longer players. You can't forget about them. And just as important is those new players. And it's just super, super, super important to put yourself in the shoes of those players because they're probably coming in nervous. They don't really – it's like the first day of school for them. They don't really know anybody. They're not sure where to stand. They don't know anybody's names. They don't want to seem like the new guy. And when they could actually put a face – like they've probably been getting emails from Delaney for a while now and they could say, Oh, you're that Delaney. It's so nice to meet you. And it's, I say that it's like taking the elevator to the top floor when they can meet uh, the the persons that runs their leagues and not just the individual league, but the person who's actually in control of that organization. So it's great to be out there seeing people. And those are some awesome questions to be asking people as well too, of why did they join the league? What are they looking for? Cause everybody has a why. And it's important to discover that why and move them along and try and use your league to fulfill their their why. Now, I know you guys do a lot of different sports. And some sports, in my mind, are like more adversarial than others. And I think of a sport like flag football. Typically, I view the opponent as the enemy. And I want to kick your butt and run up the score as high as possible. And I may, may not even go to the bar afterwards. I just want to play flag football. The opposite of that might be a sport like kickball, where we want to have fun, be buddy-buddy. And then when we go to the bar, we're naturally just flowing into each other and hanging out and meeting new people. And the bar attendance is pretty good there. So have you had a harder time in adversarial sports building a sense of league community? 
we have a very large history of flag football teams. And um, I don't want to make it sound like we have, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers who are running up the score at the end of the season when it's not necessary, but we definitely all have those kinds of teams. The thing that underdog decided almost 20 years ago was to create a sponsor bar program, meaning every league has one bar to go to. And so, and we, make an effort to have a deal for them of some kind at those bars. And so instead of a team, you know, kicking your ass on the field and then, you know, not seeing you again until next week or whatever, instead we're saying, Hey, go to the bar. And like, you're going to see those people right then. And you're going to be like, damn, that was a really nice pass. Like you totally beat me. I can't believe it. Good job. And you know, maybe they're not like that, but I would say that for the most part, People respect each other as far as their gameplay. Um, we definitely have flag football teams that are not that way, and they just are there to have fun. And we make sure that they're getting a competitive schedule within those teams so that it's a little bit more of a fun time and not as hardcore, maybe. Um, but I would say we definitely have a lot of kickball teams that are all friends outside of these leagues. I mean, there are, we have couples that play in our leagues that play on different teams just because, you know, that's who they've played with for a long time. This is my kickball community. That's your kickball community. You know, we're enemies on the field, but we're, you know, we're friends off the field. Um, but yeah, I mean, volleyball, kickball, those are the ones that people all just make friends with each other and they all want to play together. And I would say maybe flag football and dodgeball, maybe the ones where you're throwing stuff at each other. That seems seems like a a common theme there. If you're throwing something at somebody else, that might be a little bit more of an adversarial. Uh, Yeah. You mentioned the bar and that's, I think creating those community building type of things is a great way to lessen the impact of potentially hazardous interpersonal interactions where uh i'm more likely to create less of a problem if i know that person over there is kevin the guy who plays for that team instead of just like oh that jerk number seven who's so and so like if once you get to meet someone you see them more as a person and less of the like the literal enemy and, oh uh, totally it's fantastic for that so before every game that we play uh, we have both cap again, we're a captain base league. We have both captains come up and they do rock, paper, scissors for who, you know, gets the ball or who gets, you know, you know what I'm talking about, who gets to start the game or whatever. Um, and so, and we always have the captains meet each other. It's hi, I'm Delaney. Oh, you're Sal. Cool. And then at that point, now at least one person from each team knows each other. And it's very much going to be, if there's any type of blow up that happens on the play field, it's going to be like, Hey, whoa, calm down. I'll go talk Mm, over here. And like, you're at least getting like one connection out of the way before the game even starts. And I mean, most of the time, if you have subs, they're going to be on the sideline together. It's not like we're all, you know, booming and park in space, you know, in field space. So like, you're mostly going to be near each other. So you're going to get to know each other on the sidelines as well. And I, I love to see that by the end of a game, you know, pre COVID we, you know, we were, we were high-fiving or whatever. Um, you know, everybody by the end of the game knows each other, respects each other, has some type of like connection with them. Even if it's like that guy totally like took me out, you know, on that play in the second quarter, like, all right, cool. He did that. It's over. It's done. I have no beef. Yeah. And, and, if you cre- 
if you create those collisions, those uh, not physical collisions, but emotional <laughs> collisions mm -hmm. long enough, you'll find that the problem players is going to be that like one-off sub who just is in for the week because someone is missing. And then he does something that's kind of out of character of the league. And then hopefully players are self-regulating and saying like, you know what, dude, we don't really do that around here. We're not that type of league. Yeah. And, yeah. Those stuff like that. And the, you mentioned the bar scene events. It's awesome to get to people to just know each other more off the field. Cause then they'll start becoming friends and inviting each other for other events and leagues and hopefully trying new sports together too. So do you have other type of events that affect all of underdog, like a t-shirt pickup party or an end of season party, just to get people seeing each other more and more outside the league in a different setting? Um, so this is where I'm going to toe the line of, you know, pre pandemic and post pandemic and all that, but I will just talk generally um, underdog has previously run, um, maybe a happy hour or a little like get together for like all the individuals who are playing in a certain neighborhood in the upcoming season and be like, Hey, like you guys are all, and you know, they show up, they grab a beer or whatever. And then it's, Hey, you guys are all playing together. Like if you want to meet, hang out, cool. Or it's these people are playing football and these people are playing kickball. You guys can all hang out. And it's just a way for people to actually intermingle. Um, a lot of the times people who show up to these are brand new to the city. Um, and so it's a great way to get an initial contact before you're even at the court or the field. Um, I would say our biggest event that we run annually is our red rubber showdown. We've been doing this for, it's our kickball tournament that we run in July in Seattle that has up to 50 plus teams playing in it. And in Portland in August, um, runs about 30 teams. Um, and it pretty much shuts down like one large part of the city, um, for this tournament, we have buses that are, you know, transporting people to their games on a loop and, and dropping them off to the sponsor bar, um, for the, for the actual tournament. We have a cornhole tournament that happens at the sponsor bar. Um, it's the one day a year where like you can see, especially the kickball community, but underdogs community in general, like on display. And like, it's, it's unfathomable, just the connections you see made throughout the day. And like, maybe some people remember them and maybe some don't, that's their choice during the day. But, mm -hmm. but you know, there's, you're definitely going to see the people you play and uh, on the field, you're going to see them you know, whether you're on the bus together going to the bar or you're going to see them, you know, walk into the next field. And it's pretty great to see the friendships that get started at these Red River showdowns. Yeah, it's a great way to, I'm sure people really look forward to coming out for that. And hopefully some volleyball teams or free agents uh, put something together because they want to be a part of that community for the day. We used to do, well, we have done some preseason parties similar to what you mentioned before mm -hmm. we call them t-shirt pickup parties where people could come to a whatever a bar or brewery mm -hmm. before the league starts and pick up their shirt hopefully meet some teammates that are also coming out i found that people especially the free agents they really get out of it what they put into it mm -hmm. it um some people can even get on an, an established team that's just like if they show up and they're looking pretty sporty uh, an established mm -hmm. team may pick them up and save them from a free agent team um, so we used to do a lot of those. 
Uh, they kind of got out of push to the side, though, just because there's so much other stuff going on. It seems like as soon as one league ends, another season's beginning right after that. We also started doing some traditions that not just affect like one sport or one actual like physical league location, but all of LA Kick together. We do something called LA Kick Around the World, mm -hmm. where we encourage people to take their LA Kick shirt to different states and countries. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty cool one. And whether you're in a bowling league or a soccer league or a volleyball league, everyone could participate in that. We also do theme week as well, too. Our theme week is um, a big hit now. The most recent one, we had 87 teams submit their ugly sweater theme hmm. submission, and then they all go head to head. And you have soccer teams dressed up in ugly sweaters versus kickball teams versus cornhole players. So that's like a cool tradition that we have there. Uh, you mentioned you know, oh, these parties might fizzle out because we have, you know, another league running. Um, when I first started with underdog, I had that mentality of like, oh, this league is going on to the next one. This league is going. And then I started going and meeting these individuals and these captains at the leagues. And you got to remember that like this league, this six, eight week league is like an event for them. And like, this is, they plan their whole week around it. And, um, and it's their one night a week that they're hanging out with all their friends. And to us, it's just another task that's getting done. But to them, this is, this is their community night. This is their community event. And so I totally understand the like churn of a league is going, a league is going, a league is going, but never forget the impact of what you're doing for those people. Make, make sure those parties happen, whether it's you at the actual party, or if you can have, you know, a part-time staff member or something there, like you don't need a lot to run a party. You know, you don't need a lot to run a happy hour, but like the impact it can make on somebody's life can be huge, especially if you're just moving to a city. Um, I just really wanted to say that really fast before we moved on. Delaney, you sold me. Uh, <laughs> T-shirt pickup parties are coming back to LA Kick effective immediately. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about the technology that Underdog has because you do have a great backend technology. Um, so you mentioned before you could target your uh captains or people have played multiple seasons you also can add pictures so people can see when their first season was or look back at their history is there any other ways that you have underdog has implemented technology to make more connections can people for example see what sports they've played or see their overall league record can they see their previous teammates can you is there anything on the back end of your technology that helps you as your organization grows still be personal and targeted Yes. So Underdog is, uses the League Lab software. Um, our owner, Sean Madden, um, also created League Lab. And we are the ones who, Underdog is the ones who beta test everything that go out for League Lab users. So I would say that our Underdog players always get the beta um, and test it out. And um, But anyway, uh, as far as um, what they have access to. It's actually pretty cool on the player side. Yes, you have access to all of your team, your previous team photos. You also have access to uh, your team page. So you can go back and you can see like all of your games that you played in a certain league. Even if they were 12 years ago, you can go back and check that out. You can see your team photo. Um, every league 
has a player of the week that's written up. Our staff writes up like who was the player of the week this week. Maybe it's, you know, this girl uh, has been trying to get an overhand serve in volleyball um, over the net and she finally got it for the first time in the season. Like, and you just write up a quick blurb about how she finally got the ball over the net using her overhand serve. Like that's going to live there forever. And she and her teammates are always going to, and everybody in the league are always going to be able to see that write up. And so it's a moment that lives on in the league lab software um, we also have player of the game for every single game who, who, you know, had an outstanding play, who had a good sportsmanship moment. That's also going to live on in our scheduling. Um, what else do we have? Who did two decides your player of the game? Uh, most of the time it's our captains. If our referees or umpires, um, have an opinion on it, they'll just like confer with the captains really quick and be like, this person, you know, had a grand slam and a triple, like maybe they're player of the game and maybe they're not from the winning team. Like that's okay. Like we're, uh, we're called underdog for a reason. <laughs> you don't have to be the competitive, the, you know, you don't have to be the best in what you're doing in order to become, you know, who you want to be on these fields. Like, and do the, do the captains submit that manually or do they have to go through you? It it's uh, submitted through our referees and umpires at the field. The the they have access on their phones to just input it really fast right after the game, and then it's live. It's the score and the player of the game are already updated, and a team picture if it's the first week are already updated and on there by the time you get to the bar. Love it. Yeah. One of the things I like to say is that I never thought that running a sports league meant that I had to be on the computer for 12 hours a day. <laughs> and I have, an, I have uh, Richie who works with us. Rich, you'll, you'll meet him at the conference. And he created our software. And it's just like crazy how I joke that LI Kick is becoming a, a technology startup because we're a sports league, but we're beginning to heavily rely on technology to not just do our registration and our CRM, our player database, but now to also build a community too. I, it's like creating another Facebook with just your sports leagues. Oh, um, totally. You guys do a great job with that too. Thank you. Um, first of all, Richie is on my SSIA challenge team, go team white. Um, mm -hmm. and <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I agree with what you're saying. Totally. I don't know where I was going. Well, Delaney, <laughs> let's wrap up. Let's wrap up with, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. It'll be Sal and Delaney's top six hints or tips or tricks to build community. I'll take the first five. You take okay. the sixth one. How does that sound? Okay. You go for it. All right. Cool. So ways to build a community. If your people love you, and I hope all your people love Underdog or your sports league, if they love you, give them a way to show it. If you have any swag, lead with a gift, new players, give them a little koozie, a little keychain. Um, give them some gift and then they'll appreciate that greatly. If your new people love you, ask them to leave you a five-star Google review. Say, hey, that's such nice feedback. Would you mind adding it to Google and uh, letting other people know that you had a great time with this league? If your people love you and you want to build community, let them tell them to tell the league director. They tell you, say, hey, that's great feedback about Nicole. Why don't you let her know? And if they, Delaney, if their feedback is about you, you could say, why don't you tell uh, my mom or my dad or my uh, husband? Because that's people that care. Uh, another way to build community is just to share wins. I think the perfect example 
is that overhand serve you mentioned before, where mm -hmm. a win can be defined in many ways, and hopefully it's not only defined by actual wins on the sports league, on the sports field, but if someone has a win uh, on the field or at the bar or personally, share it. My fifth one is to repost people. Use pictures of people that you take at your leagues on Facebook, on Instagram. People will get a big kick out of having their picture be on your webpage, um, repost their Instagram story. So those are my five real quick hints. Delaney, you get the sixth one. Oh man, I would say never forget to show the friendships that are made. Maybe that's team photos on a Facebook album. Maybe it's bringing back, you know, that crazy photo from six years ago of the girl in the Mario costume running around third in kickball like never be afraid to show the fun that people are having because that will live on in their memory and will always be a story starter for them. There you go. Show, don't tell. A picture is worth a thousand words. You heard that from Delaney. <laughs> All right, Delaney, that's going to about wrap it up. Anything else you want to tell the people? You'll see them in a couple of days down in Mexico. Uh, I'm so excited to see everybody go team white and uh, just a shout out to everybody in a, in our underdog little Pacific Northwest corner. Love you all. That's all right. Go, go team red. We'll see you at the conference guys. Bye-bye. If right. I like cough, is that okay? No, we have to start from the very beginning. Oh my God, I'm so nervous.